say whatever again. That's what that's all where we're at is like just saying stuff again. My favorite word for myself is feral. Is feral? Uh huh. And and while there are other definitions for feral used in like Webster's little pocket dictionary, and and in I have an old, huge, like, 15-pound, huge dictionary, mm -hmm. old Webster's unabridged, and one of the alternative <clears throat> definitions for feral leaves out the negative connotations of, like, animal gone mad, and the definition reads, um, a return to the natural state following a period of domestication. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we start the um, podcast, episode number five, WTF Carbondale. Uh, wouldn't have any other way other than to have a very good friend of mine in studio, uh, Jennifer Fertali. And uh, you can already kind of tell which direction this conversation is going to go. Uh, <laughs> that was a quick intro, Nathan. I'm I did. Wasn't he? Okay, so these it. intros are never like on purpose. <laughs> Like, they just are. And, oops, you were saying, like, the right thing. You're just like, all right, let me give you a definition of myself as I see fit. And I was like, man, you know, I really do need to check the sound one more time. Uh, but then I was like, you know what, we'll just let it fly. And if it's and if the sound comes out, man, it's because I didn't set, check it a second time. At least we got a really cool intro. Um, Good to be with you this afternoon. Oh, hush. This isn't one of those type of interviews. <laughs> Uh, um, you, where are you from originally? I, I grew up in Franklin County, just north of Carbondale, in a little town. My high school. This also this here. also is for people like here. So like you can be like Franklin County, and people aren't like there's not somebody like somewhere in Minnesota watching this going. Well, well, how close is Franklin County to Carbondale? Just I grew up in Franklin County. I grew up in Franklin County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it had a wide variety of very homogenous experiences. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of the same. It was a lot of the same. But it was but it was a <laughs> wide array of exactly the That's same. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you first start kind of like hanging out? in Carbondale like when did you first just like start like engaging in social scene was it when you were younger or was it like most recently later in life when you and I like actually connected and became friends so I lived in Carbondale as a student in like fall of 02 but I was a non-traditional student because my oldest son now 19 was a whole one <laughs> <laughs> and I had the most challenging kind of seven-day period of my whole life. Um, you know, my son had been born between my junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. So I lived with mom, who was a wonderful support. And, you know, it's kind of thanks to her that we all survived. Um, but that August following, you know, I was an SIU student. John was just turning one, and they had in the last two months discovered a brain tumor um, assist in his left frontal lobe. So in the same seven days, somewhere around August of 2002, I s moved out of my mama's house and into Southern Hills into uh -huh. family housing. Um, so away from that direct support system for the first time, started my little student part-time job at the Taco Bell <laughs> <laughs> and um, classes. And then John had brain surgery in the same seven days. So literally moving, <laughs> operation in St. Louis, and then all the new student, you know, activities that we see. Yeah. These kids do every every semester. So you were you were like half like medical mom, half regular old student. And a whole eighteen and terrified. So the interesting thing part it about that week for me was that there was things I could control. I could get moved in. I could get the apartment cleaned up, I, you know, and, and settled the way, you know, into my first home, right? Into my son and I's very first home. Um, I could be a good student. I could be a good employee as I made my first impressions. 
then there was things I couldn't control, right? Like the outcome of John's surgery. And, and so you had to put your faith and trust in, in people and powers greater than yourself and, and work on the areas where I could, you know, affect things and then just be a good mama for John. And it all sorted. That's, wow. Yes, and after that seven <laughs> days, you know, you can you can kind of deep breathe through anything. <laughs> I mean, is that is a that a good ten count in a beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is 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 that where the Jennifer that people know today, like the person who will jump into anything, like is that where this person started? Like, probably this... has some roots there. Yeah, because um, that was kind of a crash course in how to handle with copious amounts of stress. <laughs> in your own special way. Right, right. <laughs> and big stuff too, not just numerous things, you yeah. know, but but kind of life-changing things. So, but it's been wonderful and as a student I was pretty quiet, you know, I could go all day and not talk to another grown-up undergrad big lecture hall, those kinds of things. So it wasn't until more recently mm -hmm. um where I got more involved in the Carbondale social scene and, you know, like criminal justice, the work at the center really in the last three or four years brought, brought me more in touch with Carbondale. Yeah. Prior to that, I had done a few years at the pawn shop <laughs> here in Carbondale, which gave me um, kind of my first introduction to the variety <laughs> Of individuals who breath, inhabit this space. Of, of people and, and things. <laughs> what uh, what kind of empathy skills do you feel like you developed in the pawn shop world? Like, or was it just ruthless winner take all pawn shop no. <laughs> no, activity? The pawn shop was, was kind of easy for me. I had worked like in another like payday lending environment and the the pawn shop was kind of nice because if someone pawned their item I could sell it mm -hmm. and I you know we were never not friends right they were always my customer they could always come back <laughs> yeah no matter um, how many times you sold it because they didn't come for the note that that's right so <laughs> expectations were a up front and it, that part was okay. I did start to keep like a case of diapers in the back, <laughs> you That's know, to, to get better at the nose I wasn't good at. Like when somebody brings you in, it, it, nothing of value in that environment, right? Yeah. Not anything I could turn around and no matter how much I cleaned it up could sell, you know, like a rattly box fan. That's never going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, um, you, you know, you, you'd get requests for things and you wanted to help, right? So sometimes you encouraged them to bring back other stuff. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I just handed them diapers out of the back of my car. <laughs> I mean, you just go with what you got. Yeah. And it, anyway, it helped me say no sometimes. <laughs> But you were still saying yes to the the need and not correct the item. Correct, correct. Because you had to do good business. It was it was a business. You know, it was a. They had what would I tell them? Uh, you know, shop had to pay the electricity. You know, yeah. they had to pay me too. I want to pay check on Friday. Yep. <laughs> but it was also. I learned to do a wide variety of things, you know, car stereos and jewelry, things I wouldn't have um, really explored or had an interest in otherwise, mm -hmm. and and met a really a range of people. So folks today I'll meet in an entirely different environment, like I know you some, from somewhere, and half the time it's one of those faces, and the other half the time it's from the pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> And that's still the case. And it's been a really long time. Yeah. But maybe it's not so bad that faces aren't changing that quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at the kids as they're running around on the other I side was. of this. Are I they was. just are they just itching to jump up and say hi? 
well, my daughter, she's she's been exploring. You can like you can go wave hi to the camera if you want to, child. You don't have to. Nobody's. Okay, cool. Yeah, a little camera shot. All right, that's good. That's good. She's been exploring like one of the YouTube channels where kid, you know, brother would film her playing Barbie so uh-huh. that other kids can watch her play Barbies. Yep. It's a terrifying racket. <laughs> but if you if you get your kid on the top of that pyramid scheme, man, to like cash in. <laughs> cash in. Well, I'm just I'm helping. working on all the technical ends with uh with the step kids right now. Like making sure they know how to create that production. That way I can just go completely hands off and they can just make it, sit, bake it, and then I can Cash in on the other side. Right now, Timmy is film crew and editing, and you, you know she she wanted us to watch a Barbie performance the other night. Well, you need context, right? And then I was like, "Well, how about we film it?" And she went like, "On." She was like, "This is my intro." <laughs> Click like and follow. <laughs> You and got then it. Timmy's whispering instructions like, you can't say our town. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to keep it safe. He's trying to keep it kind of condensed there. No, it's good. <laughs> so they'll make they'll they'll make kind of an interesting pair. <laughs> I mean, if that's that's how Billie Eilish has made, you know, I'm sure hundreds of millions of dollars before the age of twenty. <laughs> Right. I mean, it was just her and her brother just grinding it out, both of them having their own particular skills, one in front of a camera and one behind the studio equipment. And, you know, hey, nurture it for a decade and see where it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's that's I don't know. I'm I'm ready for that, though. Like, I want to see so bad what the kids are able to make. Right. Like, because it's different than a decade or two ago where it was a little less user-friendly for a a 10-year-old to pick up a camera and work with, but now they can. Right. (laughs) No, they're incredibly adept with technology to the point where they're, you know, like our abilities are almost on par. And, and I think it's part of what makes parenting right now a little tricky. I've got one almost to get his license. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to put him on like GPS, right? But he's just about. <laughs> it's getting close he's to that just need. Just about there. Yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna keep the switch on, but then he's gonna figure out a way to unwire it. And right? so the game of cat and mouse. <laughs> Can you blame him? Would no. you be disappointed? Probably not. You gotta be kind no, of proud. He, he really likes to push my buttons. His sense of humor will just, you know, like. Just to make you come like inches <laughs> from drastic measures. He he's pretty funny. I I said something about my swishers the other day, and uh-huh. he said, "You know, Optimos are better." It's like, <laughs> what? Excuse me, child. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you? Have we had this talk yet? Um. Like, like, are you trying to die today? <laughs> you, you go figure out how much hard work it takes to get a pack of those. Right? Right? <laughs> so I now have a list of gas stations where... <laughs> Just go around and post pictures of my own kid. child up. Don't serve this kid. And, and I do have a 19-year-old, so I have a teenager that has, like, survived and moved on to, like, a later stage. <laughs> yeah, but that one's always had his head screwed on right. Right, John's... Because he's had to keep your head screwed on right. <laughs> well, or just kind of, yeah, keep me, keep me in the same, <laughs> same planet sometimes. Same atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> just, can we breathe the same oxygen? He was the kiddo. We're at the park, and Christopher was probably three, so John is like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And it starts to rain, and it's a warm summer rain. It's like, let's play on the swings. John's like, Mom, it's thundering. You need to take us home. <laughs> like, Come on, Mom. On I got to be your mom. Swings. Let's go, Mom. <laughs> no, swing set's not safe. We need to go home. Can't dive in a mud puddle or anything. <laughs> And mud puddles have always been kind of fun. I, I coached um, recreational soccer for 
Timmy, my youngest son, for like five seasons in a, in a running. And our team usually, we, we wound up, it always felt like on the youngest side of things. And, and we got stomped sometimes pretty soundly at tournaments. But we always played like really good games. And we, we played with all of the kids. It was truly open enrollment and, and less of like the club atmosphere that can yeah. creep into the tournament season, even for community sports. And <laughs> when my team, whether we won or lost, spring soccer was brutal because you could be outside from Friday evening until Sunday noon in like pouring down rain. You'd spend three days soggy with like wrinkly toes. Because that's how you play <laughs> soccer, right? And is this is this where the no shoes practice originated? This is where part, I always went barefoot even though I was coaching small children with cleats. <laughs> You know, that was that was a little tricky. On the other hand, my feet were never that soggy and gross of, of spring. Of because spring they were so goddamn callous. No. <laughs> From no. walking on concrete and, and the, walking on grass. And the walking parents would the... look at me crazy, right? But the kid would actually ask. They're like, why are you barefoot? Said, I've never found anything more comfy than my own skin. And <laughs> it's easier to clean than shoes, right? And dry yeah. much faster than socks. That is a type of advice that just works. And that's such a Carbondale kind of advice. Say that one more time just so I don't have to. I've never found anything more comfy than my own skin. Because shoes are too easy to, aren't, aren't as easy to clean. Right, right. And socks don't dry out as fast. Mm -hmm. I can't argue with any of those points. I'm still not going to take my shoes off. So You're I, still gonna have to wear shoes in my house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yes. your shoes out, outside of my he house are your it, feet. <laughs> in, what is it? Inside shoes for my outside feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Inside Everybody shoes. else checks their shoes at the door. <laughs> <laughs> and you check into the only pair of shoes that are allowed in the house. And they're like. I don't do Crocs on a regular basis. I find like their material kind of creepy on my feet. <laughs> I find your feet kind of creepy on my floors. Well, so. see, you'll be disappointed to know that like the the weird material of the Crocs makes my feet sweat. So I have I have foot sweat. That's why I clean the Crocs out after you leave. <laughs> Corona's been good for Colombo when I visit his homestead. <laughs> Oh my god! It's a little more natural now when you ask me to put gloves on. <laughs> it's like okay, cool. I'll just I'll just validate this like it's health and human safety, and not sanity. <laughs> so my soccer kids, we we'd have these great games sometimes, and whether we won or lost, we always you know the last game of the day we dive through a mud puddle. Mm -hmm. And the whole team would line up and belly flop. And you could, could kind of sort the parents at that stage. Because if they, usually if there was multiple kids or they were in a minivan, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, go and I want to get a picture of, like, the mud dripping uh -huh. off your face. And then the parents with, like, the Mercedes, they're like, you have to come now. <laughs> 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 no mud puddle for you. <laughs> oh, those were the cars with the leather seats that were easy to clean, just like the feet. <sighs> like, no, it's good. Let him jump. Just get him naked in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was before they uh that was before well, the you know well muddy clothes off in the yeah. parking lot well no but that, that was that was before the um <laughs> oh, i see these like power washer things they're not power washers they're like you fill a oh, bucket for with children at sports events no 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 no. i mean it could be apple for children's <laughs> sports events is what i'm saying like you take a bucket of water and then like you just run a short hose from this like power sprayer to the bucket and then it just takes the water from the bucket and like you can clean off whatever's in front of you so like you just have a bucket of water and just <laughs> all right come here kids just one by one just spritz them down because there's no hose out on the soccer field or something anywho yeah <laughs> i'm so glad i'm so glad this is the now and not the earlier day when i was going to be late when i was going to make you late for something because i was late and now <laughs> I'm going to be late for something, but I'm not going to be there anyways. So, because you're here. Yeah, it's just, it's lovely. It's lovely. And it yields good conversation. 
like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, what are you missing about your What are you missing about your work right now? Just like street work in general. Like, what are you missing that you're not doing? What is COVID? put in between you and and helping folks what is just life put in between you and helping folks so for three years or so i was the director at the center for empowerment and justice and that's really where we picked up like so much momentum we kind of snowballed into into a whole lot for for me um so early spring, right ahead of Corona, I was no longer at the center. And that was, it was, it was really heartbreaking for a time. And then there became a, a good friend and advisor of mine, Orlin. He, he, he reminded me that the work that the center had been doing, that the what the my relationship with the center had allowed me to do um, was not something that only had to take place inside the center. It it could, I I could do what I want wanted in terms of service to the community far outside of two thirteen. Um, you know, just like spirituality doesn't happen just inside of a church faith doesn't only <laughs> exist inside brick and mortar what i enjoyed doing the 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 people and the connections i had fostered and wanted to keep intact or continued to grow i could do that away from 213 no. or outside on the brick wall while i waited for my hot <laughs> fries at truly's you know <laughs> and and so those words from Orlin were, were really strong. And I, I did, you know, in the time since then, with some help for friends and with the cooperation of others, because it really did, you know, it's like you help them make this phone call, you know, before four, yep. and I'll check on you at five and see where we're at for the next day. Um, even under Corona, assisted with probably I don't know, half a dozen link applications mm. um, for the economic stimulus package, particularly for non-filers. Mm -hmm. So people who aren't receiving Social Security, you know, or the, the other, like, easy categories where the government could find you. Yeah. Um, so for folks that hadn't filed taxes very recently, I'm less, I'm not as experienced with unemployment, so I wasn't particularly useful there <laughs> although there was certainly a lot of interest the uh tur turns out the unemployment s filing system for illinois is actually pretty manageable like yes if you if you don't have a lot of experience operating a computer there's still some need mm -hmm. uh, and probably no doubt some help for direction but it's it's relatively intuitive for somebody that that provides guidance for folks on a regular basis with different types of government applications but um i only say that from experience having had to file twice in a six-month period I've never filed <laughs> do what i've never filed probably good i'm glad for you then <laughs> i hadn't ever filed until so new well, new experiences all around you know one of the other folks in the community was was well versed and and so that was something we could tag in and out at yeah you know i'd take the link card or the medical and, and he'd do the unemployment i gotta get I, do you think orlin would like I don't know, come into this no. space. Okay. Too much technology, too many yes. cameras and microphones. And okay. He doesn't No. No, no, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, he doesn't do phone calls. I wasn't sure that this would probably be a way too much beyond. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with a no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I buy, um, I buy his tea from the farmer's market every, uh, try to every couple weekends now, at least. His tea is amazing, and um, when he's got it, his greens are also amazing. Yeah. And the garden itself um, on East Sycamore is just beautiful. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to duck under the grapes, and then it opens up, and he, you know, he, he grows a lot of the, the mint for the teas, the other herbs, the mm -hmm. items he takes to garden, food for his family, and, you know, um, all of the other things that he does with it. 
but it's all right there. And it's it's just a beautiful little site to go see and walk through. So you can find him there pretty often and certainly at the farmer's market on Saturday. And I'm I'm sure he'd give anybody a walk through that would be interested. Yeah, I've been uh, for the past several weeks. I'll run I'll run one of those tea uh, bags. I, I get their paradise and then I, and then I run the I run it through a steeping cup and in a in my coffee maker and then I layer the bottom of a glass jar with oh man Scott and Debbie Martin's honey but <laughs> it was my last of Scott and Debbie's honey that was in this last jar of tea that I had the, the Martin's absence in the Carbondale Murfreesboro area will be felt uh, I hope they come back at some point just to visit. <laughs> so so bad. I I I asked Scott on his way out. I was like, man, just if there's anything that you see where there's like a gap in an organization or whatever, you try to just like tell me and I'll see if I like I'm not telling you that I'm gonna be that person, but like you know, just let people know and see if we can find people to help you fill in these large <laughs> <laughs> caverns of support that right <laughs> no he was huge support and with a variety of causes yeah um i i knew i knew scott um a little bit more and and yeah he was everywhere <laughs> yeah he was in he was in three or four different groups that i had experience working with and so I will miss I will miss him. Plus, he was the bee guy, and I'm a pretty new keeper, so I have just a couple of hives, and it's like this is what my bees did. <laughs> how are your How's your honey How's your honey bee hive keeping? I'm going? just I'm I'm just a season. This would be the second season with one hive, and then it swarmed three times this spring. So I caught two of the swarms. So I have one hive that's been through a complete winter and two summers, and then two hives that this will be their first winter. So I'm hoping for honey next summer. There you go. It's, uh, so, if you, so you, if you, so what do you do with a hive once you've quote captured it? Like, do you put it in a bee box and then let it, you know, let bees get to work? Do you bring it inside like you do everyone else? And then you're just like, all right, the bees live with us now, too. <laughs> they get the third room. No, but the first the first swarm landed in a peach tree that was just a little bit taller than me, uh -huh. right? So I go out with the loppers, and I cut off the top of the peach tree, and I try to shake the bees into the box. <laughs> and, and I miss, right? Because if you get the queen in the box, then everybody else goes in the box. Uh-huh. But if the queen's not in the box, it doesn't matter how many you get in the box. <laughs> They're, They're all going to go to where she is. They follow the punani. So <laughs> <laughs> they go where she goes. And I missed. And I had all of these bees now on the fence. So it was like a cedar plank and an old pizza box. Uh -huh. And I'm scraping bees off the fence to dump them back into the box. Finally got the queen. So then everybody else flew into the box and we were good. <laughs> the second time my original hive swarmed, they went like higher up in a willow tree. <laughs> now the branch came pretty low on the trunk and willow was pretty bendy. Mm -hmm. So I had like an old dining room chair and a Rubbermaid tote. <laughs> and I had the bee hat on and the gloves. But my dumbass forgot to uh, button my shirt sleeves. <laughs> and I stood on the dining room chair with the rubber mo Rubbermaid tote above my head. Now, why I thought the two feet would make any difference, I don't know. I should have just stood back, held the tote forward. But instead, over my head it was. <laughs> and the branch gets bounced. And, and thousands of bees kind of thunk into the Rubbermaid tub and then all around and then up my shirt sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the neighbors are watching, you know, their little girls are on the playground still swing, swinging and they're watching me like do laps around the house. <laughs> 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 Trying to shake off the shirt without smashing any bees. 
so it's those kinds of adventures. And then, you know, I'd, I'd see Scott at one of the community meetings for something and, you know, be like, this is what I did. What should I do next time? And he sent me a picture of a beautiful, like, five-gallon water container. Mm -hmm. He cut the top off of, put it on a very long pole, right? Because Scott Martin doesn't stand on a chair with a rubber made over his head. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, Scott is, <laughs> Scott is mildly orange-nubed. <laughs> so maybe he got a giggle out of me, but he, he, he certainly um, showed me a better way. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so funny. The, um, I asked him once. Oh, I, I, had, uh, I had would-bees on the front porch. And I, somebody else came over before he came over to like tell me that they were would bees. But then, and I came back out and I was like, "These are would bees." A lot. He was like, "Kill them." It's like, <laughs> I was like, "Scott." He was like, "I spent two years trying to find a use for would bees." He said, "There's not. Kill them." <laughs> <laughs> you ever just like see something that flips a switch in somebody? And you go, "Oh, there's another side here." For Scott Martin, that other side is would bees. You know what works nicely with would bees? Uh, one of those badminton rackets. <laughs> they they really enjoy being smacked by badminton rackets. Well, and then they they go in like three different pieces because otherwise it's like a horse fly. You just stun them. <laughs> yeah. Now we uh, we put up one of those like the would be traps, but like we I put it up in the wrong way. Like it was hanging next to the entry point on the porch. <laughs> And apparently it was supposed to be hanging like off to the side with like sunlight splashing through it and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Needless to say, since I put it up, I haven't moved it. And there's still only like one dead would be in there after like eight months of just letting it sit out there. So as far as I'm concerned, I've tricked myself into thinking, ah, that one would be was the only problem. <laughs> that's, that's it. Everybody else was. <laughs> well, maybe. Would bees are kind of fun. They don't really. They, they just sound like an aircraft is about to land behind your head. But mm -hmm. otherwise, they're pretty gentle. <laughs> I'm more worried about them gnawing away at stuff. And there's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm less keen on is the whole part where they devour my house from the inside out at the top like termites or at the, from the top. It's, yeah. Well, it's Southern Illinois. We are all bugs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, knock on wood that's nowhere to be found, right? <laughs> that there's uh, never been a termite issue in that house. Oh, but now in six months there's going to be because I said something about it. It happens when you tempt fate. <laughs> say something stupid, win stupid prizes. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes. So, <clears throat> you, but you've been working on stuff. You haven't just sat idle by and hoped that I mean, you've, you've been you've been filling out forms, you've been helping people, but you've also been leading question the Murfreesboro House. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so started a, a project and and working on finishing projects is one of you know the items on the self-improvement to-do list <laughs> 12 steps to a better jennifer i'm a sagittarius we just kind of keep on trucking and forget to like finish things because <laughs> we're on to the next idea <laughs> but um at, at the center we found that so many people struggled for affordable and accessible housing um, sometimes that was in need of a place to wouldn't put so much weight behind an unfavorable criminal record or um, would work with a prior eviction history. Um, those kinds of things all the way to a place that would be flexible with first month's rent and deposit, um, you know, those kinds of things to kind of step in where some of the other community resources and any personal finances or ability of the individual, you know, fell short. Um, People are going to think I'm holding you hostage the amount that you talk into that camera. Just talk to me. <laughs> just, I've been letting it ride for like 30 minutes. Before I was just like, I can't do it. You, gotta just, you didn't just talk. tell me. Remember, you clicked go before I final did. I did. I did. It's my fault. It's my fault. I didn't give any sort of direction about how this goes. But this is exactly how this is supposed to go. We've explored so much stuff and, you know, the amount of time that we've been here. We've still got 25 more minutes to go-ish. 
And so there's a whole world out there. I'm sorry, but yeah. So I've redirected you. We're we're on the house, a place where people can go, flexible and. So so affordable and accessible housing was definitely a need um, that wasn't always met for the folks that I came into contact with at 213. And um, last year, was able to purchase a, a small, very very rough little duplex in Murfreesboro and hope to use that as a, exactly that kind of a, a place where folks might find accessible and affordable housing. Um, under Corona, you know, with the shelter in place orders as kind of everybody was freaked out in March. <laughs> um, even in its barely finished, barely habitable condition, <laughs> um, there was a few folks who were able to find shelter when when other community resources um, would have been a very difficult environment for them sometimes. No. Uh, the um. one of the one of the weird one of the things that came up in Corona that I was surprised about that I didn't see coming, right, was th there was a few folks who um, hadn't established routine medical providers in the mm -hmm. area, right? And, and so without a primary care provider, even when they wanted to have like a mental health issue explored at a deeper level you mm -hmm. know like would have considered um, making an appointment with mental health in some form or fashion because they weren't anybody's patient nobody was taking new patients couldn't couldn't get um, couldn't get them into to medical providers mm -hmm. to address those issues so saw some some folks struggle to stay stable during that time, especially with with much more limited access to mental health resources. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, even folks that did have access initially, right, still limitations. Right, no, and, and isolation, um, I ran into a friend of mine who struggled with addiction you know, um, followed him through through rehab a few times. And Corona was, you know, COVID and the stay-at-homes were, were really hard for him. He had a difficult time participating in NA and AA. Mm -hmm. um, and, and still, you, you know, part of the, the time spent seeking to feed an addiction is you know like strangely social right yeah and and so between sobriety and stay in place it was a tall order and and he was struggling how's he pulling out he fell off the wagon you still see him um occasionally no I'm sorry. I think we saw him. I saw him in the in the flesh uh, ten days ago or so. Okay. <laughs> I have a pig and a goat. <laughs> I, I live. I live in kind of an out in the country, m modest like a double white on a block foundation subdivision in Carterville, and I have a pig and a goat, <laughs> which has kind of been an experience. How long have you had these animals for? But it makes me a real king regular, which is where I ran into him and got my last update. <laughs> it's all tied together. <laughs> Everything's a reason. There's, there's a right. purpose for having the pig and the goat. Besides, I live in rural king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a micro rancher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... It, in, and did a little bit of gardening, I, except I wasn't home enough to be a really good, like, attentive gardener. 
but just enough that it would creep the kids out because we'd go to make dinner and be like, okay, now go out into the yard and get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you can starve or you can figure it out. <laughs> don't, don't go on me now, Jennifer. Coughing and Corona is just creepy, right? Nah. Like it feels awkward to do. There's so the allergies and everything else. I'm just, in, unless it sounds like a really dry cough, I'm all right. Like if you sound real flimmy, you sound like you're just <laughs> chocked full of pollen and cigarette smoke and kombucha. No. <laughs> Coffee. Just regular coffee, coffee. Like there was a stack of empty coffee cups. Sorry. I get I get kombucha and patchouli mixed up sometimes because <laughs> they all sound the same to me. Are you still making the soap stuff too? Or are you... I, I am. And and I know that the farmer's market, I, I, I was a frequent flyer this summer which was a real challenge also under our current restrictions and the winter market i i went with orland a few winters ago mm -hmm. he was my kick in the ass right i needed to follow through so i had the apothecary room i made the soap i you know i had 50 pounds of beeswax i needed to do something yeah. with it <laughs> maddie gets hurt and she doesn't ask for band-aids she asks for a, a poultice <laughs> Slather something on, it'll heal over. Yes. Hey. And, if it works, and it works. So man. I have a secret goal to um, see if Orlin would would make a joint venture of Winter Market. You know, should that market be on? Now, now we know that it'll be not a secret for everywhere else, but Orlin's <laughs> surely not going to know because this only goes on the internet. <laughs> Where Orlin is it'll not. It'll be a secret to Orlin until I run into him at the farmer's market and tell him. <laughs> He'll be like, hey, so I told a bunch of people about this thing on the internet. <laughs> just, just don't even don't even go that far. She's like, Orlin, can we, can we dual table? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it works because for winter market, um, you know, road conditions and weather conditions can be, you know, pretty tricky. And he doesn't um, drive yeah. for a variety of reasons that make really wonderful sense. Mm -hmm. Just he's he's a little bit more disciplined than. <laughs> disciplined is the I right am, word to go about it. I am, I am. So I drive, and. It, he kicked my ass all the way to market, and it was a really wonderful thing <laughs> for me. It was one of the times I really felt like I followed through. You follow through more than you think. Mm. <laughs> do you still have all the print shop equipment? Or no? I do have all the print shop equipment. Okay. Are we still going to like launch it out of a garage somewhere when the time's right? Yes, part of the... <laughs> Vision with Murphy's Burl had been, you, you know, sometimes what I found is, okay, beginning of the stay-at-home order, I ran Camp Jen at my house, mm -hmm. and there was a few folks, um, some young, and when I say young, I mean like below 40, <laughs> <laughs> um, with their own set of, of struggles, things I'm that are more mental health related, yeah. right? And then um, another good friend of mine who is more profoundly physically disabled, he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And so everybody stayed with me for the first few weeks of COVID. <laughs> Shelter in place, thank God we got a place. <laughs> and, and, you know, we'd all load up in the morning and I'd, I'd take everybody for coffee someplace. So one morning, it is quarter of six, and one gentleman gets out of the car and says, have a good day. I'll see you later. Have a good day. <laughs> In the back seat, the young one says, have a good day, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm not gone yet, child. Now, now the night before, he, he and his friend had come into my room and said, I think we have a problem. You know, he cut me with a camping axe. Like, this was an intense, like... 
<laughs> Cam Gen experience. They didn't make it easy on me. <laughs> Your ability to be cavalier about this stuff is what works, man. It's like, yeah, it's just a, you know, just your run-of-the-mill inside hunting axe incident. <laughs> no big deal. We're only half an arm hanging off here. They were, they, they were sleeping in my son's rooms who were quarantining with my mother. Mm. And my 15-year-old had had that camping axe since he was 10, yeah. right? So, so no, I, I didn't go through the rooms and remove all sharp objects. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps. Nice. You know, who knew? If it wasn't a hunting axe, it could have been a pencil. It could have no, but he had given him permission. It was like a whole weird thing. But I learned a whole lot. <laughs> and one of the things I learned w was that I saw folks who did respond to the structure, right? Yeah. We were pretty isolated. We were kind of quarantining unto ourselves um, so that I could be and stay safe for my job. And But with the routine, the routine of me going to work and coming home and then there was times where we would prepare meals and times where it was you know almost like go outside and play and time mm -hmm. to clean your room and it, you know it's time to shower you're kind of smelly <laughs> <laughs> i i saw folks that i hadn't seen thrive in a time start to thrive in an own way um in almost i i was missing having my own children at home so much i was almost also entirely insane. Um, <laughs> I just replaced my real children with these adult children that are you're just transitioning motherhood from one from one plane to another. No, no, and 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 having um, folks you know to kind of take care of right did did help because um, we were trying to sort out my kids were with my mom who's recovering. Um, she's still in in treatment for cancer she's still on immunotherapy which she wears like a superhero cape she's like it strengthens my immune system <laughs> <laughs> i'm better off with this corona than the average bear <laughs> that way mom but i like that you know like the approach no. <laughs> um and and so i i would i was missing my kids a whole lot and it made as much as I was struggling with those transitions, I also know that going from kind of a more structured environment, good morning, good evening, this is when we have supper, this is when you do those things, mm -hmm. um, kind of anticipated that they would have a hard time following any, you know, any kind of change in that environment, particularly to one where you know, they received less attention and there was far less structure. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a painful part to watch because you could kind of see it coming, you know, but you couldn't maintain. And so it, with Murphy's Burl House, want to bring some of the same elements I saw, help them thrive in that more limited experience, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and have it in an environment that can be maintained, right? I couldn't maintain Camp Jen at, at my house. <laughs> You gotta give it a run, though. But to create kind of a space where there might be a sense of community and and where folks could support each other, you know, those are some of the ideas that the center operated under, and it could be a little hairy nary sometimes. But those were very good principles, and they were inclusive principles, and and when executed. In the right way, it calls people to be better versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> You're on a roll. Every time I just take a pause and then not talk or talk a little bit, you cycle back up with a follow-up that always seems to work. So that's what I'm <laughs> counting on third time's a charm or whatever. <laughs> you're like, but wait, there's more. Nope. <laughs> Talked myself into it, and I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> oh man, are the are the kids are the kids back at home, or are they they still? Oh no, they're back at home, and that that helps a whole lot. Although e-learning and and all of these other challenges are kind of interesting. We live further enough out that we are still kind of navigating hot spots 
as sources for internet, yeah. which is always entertaining. What um, it have you tried to stay engaged in any of the civic group activity while Corona has been going on, or has that been kind of non? starter i haven't even paid like i see a rotary club thing pop up every now and then but it's like i can't even imagine how that all still functions in a you, you know i am i am missing rotary and uh and and carbondale and double acp um i miss those meetings <laughs> um rotary has a special place in my heart and and so there are very wonderful folks who who still kind of keep an eyeball on me or, or tabs on me although my regular club is breakfast yeah um and they had been doing like a zoom a zoom meeting mm -hmm. but also with presenters so kind of the full meeting experience um and then folks safely got together and they did the the road cleanup at a regular spot on 13. Good. And so I miss, I, I miss seeing everybody's face. You know, it was the same from the community groups to, you know, to even the folks that the center was serving. The, the social aspect to all this is, you know, everybody thinks about bars and school and blah 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 but you know i mean this is you know the streets is a social environment mm -hmm. right and just the the difficulty of pulling people apart there now like you said as opposed to kind of handling these things in a social environment trying to handle these things just dead ass alone mm -hmm. now we did see I did see a few of my friends um, become employed, you know, folks who hadn't been employed for a time. Um, so kind of the other side effect of our current social environment. Um, so wishing them luck. Good. They're a few weeks in on the job now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How Have you talked to Solomon lately at all? I. It's been a few weeks since I have spoken with that's, Solomon. That's a few weeks. I haven't talked to him in months, so you're a few weeks ain't bad. Last time I talked to him, I think I, I was stopping by the cart and just saying hi and then bopping out. But well, well, Solomon and I had a really interesting like first conversation ever, ever, mm -hmm. and just the other day I found a paper that he had written so this kind of weird or or it felt weird it felt like I was the only one who might have this particular vision um in that first encounter with Solomon waiting for the coffee pot to finish so that we could suck down like our fourth cup of black coffee mm -hmm. I say agricultural commune is an ending to my conversation. And he was in a separate <laughs> bubble and he turns around and he says, really? Because I have the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be in fall of 2017. And a few years before that, he had actually written a report like almost a proposed model mm -hmm. for um, that type of, of project. It would also address some of the the social themes we've been talking about: housing, mm -hmm. employment, and and really, sometimes we face glass ceilings in all kinds of ways, right? Where conditions are present in the social environment that keep us. Um, like for someone with a criminal record, we saw this with a local mayor, right? Not mm -hmm. too long ago. With a criminal record, he couldn't hold a position mm -hmm. for, for the city. Um, Solomon had an idea of a place where someone could have the commu community position of mm -hmm. leadership and respect um, that the way they carried themselves garnered. Uh, it, it, that wasn't prohibited on any level for any condition other than the way you conducted yourself and, and the effort and energy you put in to the community environment. And, and so it was kind of fun. 
um, to, to see while we wrote about a very similar idea from two very drastically different places, yeah. how kind of in common they are. And so I miss him and, and I haven't spoken with him in a few weeks, but it's always a wonderful, almost philosophical conversation <laughs> so, to yeah. go back and explore that. I'm going to, uh, I'm trying to figure out when I want to get him in for one of these conversations and whether it's like early on in this whole thing, or if it's like dozens of episodes in or where, where do I fall with you having fun over there? But is she is she even around the cry here. I hear giggling like Maddie's like snuck over there somewhere. Well, Timmy's and got she's... the earphones on, so he <laughs> might just be like giggling. To there we his... go. All right, probably, <laughs> probably better. Um, with the uh, yeah, no, because I, I you know, and one one of the things is is the 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 carts are starting to take off in terms of like visibility and like repertoire in the community like people he's got amazing food and it's just a it's just a wonderful experience the polish is my personal favorite and the hash browns are to die for <laughs> oh he's got hash browns now he does have hash browns really? and he'll do them with sauteed green peppers and onions they're pretty amazing i gotta get so now that i'm a now that i'm in vegetarian world i can so if you're in the land of the vegetarian world, you can do the hash browns with sauteed peppers and onions, Perfect. and it's amazing. It's good. It's good. And I still – is he still doing the lemon shake-ups, or is he – okay, good. I, I think they had a really good flavor, like a ginger. Uh-huh. Something. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm going with it then. And I the other thing I haven't figured out is, like, do I want to have – who, who who do I have on first? Do I get in trouble if I have Solomon Vaughn first and then I, I and then I have Jerry on second, or or do I even get a choice? Is Jerry on first and then Solomon's on second? And then do I have to have them on together? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not live on camera. I don't want. To just... <laughs> well, it can be, you know, they they have done individually some really amazing things and then cooperative you know cooperatively also some really you know a really incredible and dedicated work yeah you know? no it's it's good yes it's good what's uh i don't know what are we doing next what are we doing next like I, in an hour or next no. like <laughs> the, the next like who knows like the next six months the next two <laughs> years whatever I, I'm, I'm, I'm edging up on that hour so i'm trying to find like a closeout point and we've just kind of been bouncing around all over the place this this chat so i figured i'd be like what am i what are you going to wrap me into next more than anything what is what is the next what is the next phone call that i get to <laughs> well i i miss um, I I miss some of the community work, and there and there was um, it was a resource to have a place, right? Yeah. The work doesn't have to have have to happen in the place, but but to have a center help, to have people around, um, you know, great things don't happen in isolation. <laughs> And conversely, people without people are the most vulnerable, right? Yeah. So, community effort is is twice fold. It, it's a better pro, you know. It's a better end result, um, and and it's really better for the for the folks that I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. So, kind of took some quiet time after the intensity of 213. Um, I am looking forward to kind of cementing some of those ideas, like the new things I want to explore and then take in a hard look at the lessons to have learned from 213, right? Like what things didn't work and, and what things are important to make it work better than it had before um, or, or to meet more needs 
sometimes I said yes to everything and it was a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a You've few never not agencies said yes to with acronyms tell me I needed to evaluate my personal boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I started counseling and, and we worked through, you know, like a few things. And she was like, well, you handled that really well. You know, I, I think you're good. You don't have to call me anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even get to the other bit. <laughs> like, like, this is just this. You barely scratched the surface here. What do you mean? Oh, cool. You handle one thing. Well, there's a dozen things <laughs> that are still I, on fire so right more. now. We we, you know, we can't have like. Beer on Thursday and sort it. <laughs> One of my, um, I, w- I was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic grade school in Duquesne. Uh-huh. And, and somewhere between like an elementary teacher that my mom didn't like, so we went back to public school. And, you know, like a, at, at 17, I was a pregnant Girl Scout. Yeah. <laughs> In Franklin County. How many? What's the Girl Scout? <laughs> no, just <laughs> smart ass. I, I don't know. <laughs> In the meantime, I was kind of time off for duty served. Yeah. As far as you know, um, religious experiences that happen at a building. Right. <laughs> Cash um. me out. I'm just. I'm done. I'm but. <laughs> well. It, with the exception of Reverend Logwood over at Rock Hill, yeah, that, that's always a pleasure to make his sermons, um, and and he always went out of his way to to make me feel very welcome. So I I do miss that. I ran into Hope the other day and was hoping to catch them on. I think they do a live Facebook, which just doesn't. Anyway, I don't, think don't I miss his in person sermon. I'm just being Corona snooty. Yeah. <laughs> um. In, in the meantime, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Heron lost a fantastic leader in Monsignor Ken Schaefer. Yep. And for the l- last few years, I had had the opportunity of like one night a year to hang out with Father Ken. Mm-hmm. And that was like my whole church <laughs> for the year. I'd catch up in that one night. Yeah, he, over. Was, he, was, he was able to fill the vessel. It's <laughs> well, well, we, we did sometimes share, a, share some whiskey. I'm going to have to cut the part out where you call he'd out say, Father Ken. He'd, no. he'd, he'd say only two fingers until after I give the opening blessing. <laughs> said, Father Ken, you have a list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're just giving him permission. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> but he always said a beautiful opening opening prayer, and and even though our our contacts, you know, were, were pretty limited, they were my. I I will miss him. They have been. Uh, they have been some of my favorite moments in the last handful of years. I think he would. Uh, I think he would be more than, more than proud, and find it plenty admirable. For you to continue to keep on the path that you have been on. Well, <laughs> I I had kind of a strange I- experience um, where I had a late night conversation that just I didn't know quite how to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at at the end of the day, on on a walk home, well, walk to my car. Um, after a night out with friends at a gentleman and we wound up talking in my car for a time and and he and he didn't know exactly why I was sharing but he had shared that he had done some some pretty awful things mm-hmm. a long long time ago another lifetime ago for him yeah and I wasn't even at the center yet because the center didn't exist yet so the <laughs> I was a whole 30, and and no one had ever told me they had killed someone before. And I didn't know how to leave that conversation. I didn't know how to carry that with me. Yeah. They they needed to put it down, but I didn't know how to pick it up. And so I I went and knocked on the door at 4 in the morning of a um, policeman friend of mine. <laughs> they make funny faces at the door at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm kind of in tears, and I, 
you know, kind of processing, and it was heavy, and I was like, how, how do you frame this? You know, how do you carry it? Where do you put that information, and how do you walk forward with it? And he said, well, in 24 years of law enforcement, nobody's ever confessed to murder to me. I was like, well, damn, you're no help. <laughs> But Father Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that kind of his line Father of work. Father Ken and some whiskey, we can knock that shit out. <laughs> <sighs> if you're good, I'm good. I'm good. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, uh, that, is, <laughs> that is episode five. Um, my good friend, Jennifer Fertali. Um, thank you so much to her for the, um, for the time and sneaking up on me. You're not, you're not in the shot. Just go, 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 go. Um, we, we, interesting people, interesting stories, uh, tied all back to Carbondale. All right. All right. I'll, all right. The children, the children are, are there. There's a, there's a single frame. You got. You got to stay. You got to sit on this. You got to sit like by the behind the microphone. You gotta, Hello. Now, Maddie, you got. You got to step over by your brother. There you go. And now you can say hello into the microphone. Say hello, six foot eight. Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>